the Friendly Geordies podcast. Minus Friendly Geordies, unfortunately. He is in oh. the room. Uh, he's actually in this uh, studio at the moment, but he's sick. He's asleep, I think. So he's sleeping, and also we don't want to get sick, so we kind of told him to take the night off. Yeah, we just said, take a breather, mate. You haven't earned it, but <laughs> go for it anyway. <laughs> it. So uh, he's sick. It's kind of going around, and... Uh, so you got Shawarma FM. So you got Shawarma FM. Um, See you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe and join the Patreon. <laughs> uh, Jordan will be there next time, so make sure you do join the Patreon. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks uh, for hang around anyway, won't yeah, you? Hang around and anyway. and you and I, I really can't wait. I really look forward to the YouTube comments that say these guys suck. It's shit when there's only two of them. Where's the other guy? Can't wait for that. Yeah, I mean, look. I'm I'm used to it now. That's what that's what that's what that's why I do this. I don't do it for the for the for the hey, first conversation segment. or the accolades or the payment. I do it for the like like undertoning like passive aggressive comments on YouTube. That's why I do this. Dude, okay, so uh miss, first segment. Yeah. And the only segment. <laughs> Jesus. Are you excited for Ridley Scott presents? <laughs> Napoleon starring Joaquin Phoenix. Boom, 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 boom. Do you hear the music? <laughs> yes. I'm fucking excited. I mean, hey, I, I am very excited. I saw the ads. I'm like, this looks sick. I was telling Ali uh, off air that it's like, I feel like those days of blockbuster uh, movies, and they still exist. You got your Top Gun and all that, but like period piece uh, historical movies with a huge star and like a huge director like really Scott. Dude, I'm pumped as. And it honestly looks really good. Dude, I'm glad you are because no one's talking about it like they were with Oppenheimer and shit. I'm way more excited for this than I'm Oppenheimer. I'm so, I watched the trailer, I'm so, I have, okay. And I didn't I've like been it, so yeah. excited about the fucking movie that I've spent the last three days just reading up on Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to bring up this segment because I wanted to talk well, to listen, you guys about Napoleon. I would love to be filled in because I don't. This is what I know about. I just found out he's French, mm. and I know he wore. He's a, not. I mean, depends what damn. you depends what you qualify as French, but he is from Corsica. Do you know Where's Corsica? He, no, Corsica is like a little island just at the tip of France. R- really throughout history, they've never considered themselves to be French. There you go. In fact, go. it was Napoleon's. Dad's generation, yeah, where uh, the French had basically taken over Corsica mm. and f- made it French. Holy shit! And so he was the first generation to be considered French. Uh. But even even if you were from Corsica, like for example, Napoleon had a thick uh, southern French accent. Really, and French was a second language. They have as Corsicese. Yeah, whatever it is. That's it awesome. So it's like the Basque, Basque in, yeah. in Spain. Yeah. In fact, there's like a whole thing. Anyways, like I've been sort of into the Napoleon's um, rabbit hole. But all right, let's start with that because he's not French. So Corsica- I'm very keen because all I know about him is he, he he wore a big hat. So I'm keen. Yeah, he, he was, so uh, he was, when he was a kid, he wrote actually a fair bit of essays and sketches mm. when he was like between the age of like- um, uh, want to say like around 12 to 17 okay yeah well like those little scribbles which ended up like obviously people reading it because he was napoleon yeah but like it's filled with like contempt for france 
Mm. They he he's saying like uh, how his dad his dad was like a Corsican uh, aristocrat, and so he, he talks about like how his dad sold out and how Shit. the French took over <sighs> and like you know uh, 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 subjugated uh, us Corsicans or whatever the term is, but then like something crazy happens um, which makes him french yeah later on because if you look at him 20 years later he's like he symbolizes being french in some sense yeah but and there's a debate about it there's one theory that the french revolution mm. and the revolutionary fervor had hit him so hard and the idea of france had transformed so much that he trans he became very french and right. he was like yeah, this is like an agenda that i could get behind right, right, right. the second theory is he was just an opportunist and he like uh, when he was a kid he was like when he got older and he realized that he could be become really powerful all of a sudden he was like i want to be really for french like you, right it's like like it's kind of like me okay if i came to australia and then i wanted to become the prime minister all of a sudden can I, you by the way uh like no yeah, what do right. you mean well you have to be born here no be. no you don't have to be born oh, here. So legally you, could you can be. yeah yeah, yeah, oh, cool, yeah cool. i could um i should know you that. have to be a citizen gotcha Dude, tony abbott was born in england that's right that's right it's america where you can't in America, you can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. In America, you can't. I'm once again confusing But like pretty much everywhere else in the world, you kind of can, yeah, yeah, as yeah. long as you're a citizen. Yeah. So it's someone like me, right? Like if I if I want to be the prime minister in Australia, yeah. and I'm packy, yeah. with like an accent as well, mm. what am I doing? I'm working hard to firstly prove how Australian I am. Mm. So I might join Bunnings. the fucking military or Bunnings some shit. Snacks. I'd be like shoving bunny <laughs> snacks without putting any barbecue sauce on it. Hey, that's not Australian. No, Australians like tomato. No oh, yeah. Meat. Gotcha. Definitely not mustard. I would put mustard, but yeah, you're I not, allowed. Too, you're not allowed to. I'm not you know. it's trying not, to be the prime minister. Put it this way. There's no mustard. There's no choice for mustard at Bunnings. There's no choice. No, some of them do. The, do the, some of the fancier oh, ones, okay, they do. Okay, okay. They put mustard there as well. Uh, anyway, so like I would want to try to be as Australian as possible, like kind of like Vivek Ramaswamy is. He's like, oh, yeah. Like, he wants to change. Howdy, y'all. He wants to change the rule of like uh, how, uh, you know, if you're born in the US, you become he, a citizen. Oh, he wants, to, yeah. he wants to change it. And then like they were saying like, uh, dude, it was actually funny. I felt bad for him. Why? Because I was watching. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. No, I no, promise no. I'll get back we to have a lot here. of time. Don't worry. <laughs> but I was it was like kind of sad watching an interview of him and he was being grilled by some reporter. Yeah. And she was saying like, when you were born in the US, were your parents citizens? And he was like, uh, no, no, they were not. They were not citizens. And I don't know if that matters. Like, no, no, that's not the point. So you're saying that you became a citizen because you were born here and you want to change this rule. All right. And he was like, and he was like, and, and so she was really questioning him like about his Americanness. Yeah, yeah. And then you could see his face like get really nervous. And then like his accent morphs back into an Indian one. <laughs> He's like, Get fucked! Yeah, no, I'm, I'll show you the but video. Give me, so I'll what look it, for it. But why wouldn't I? Wouldn't it have morphed more into a like Yankee Doodle? It, you think that? Yeah, it normally is. But like at defense that point, mechanism? he was nervous. Defense mechanism. And so his real Indian oh, was coming out. Oh, really? So because he was being like he was being attacked for oh. being like you know not not being attacked. Can you know, you know, be really funny if she said that and he started just going. <laughs> he basically no. did, bro. You could see like his accent, and then as soon as he took control of the situation again, his like full American accent <laughs> returned. Anyways, that's shit. the sort of shit that would happen. Yeah, so yeah. Napoleon was in that boat. Napoleon right. had a very thick non-French accent. It was like Southern French accent, which is considered to be like you know 
the outsider. Gotcha. You're not like, you know, proper. Wait, uh, wouldn't it have been northern France? It was in the north of France, the island. No, south. Oh, you said north. South. Okay, so it's in the south. It's in the south. Gotcha, gotcha. Corsica's in the south. Sorry, gotcha. It's almost, it's towards the Italian border. So if you, if you, so. Yes. Corsican French, which is now considered to be French as well, is actually closer to Italian than it is to France. Yeah, something just beeped, but. We uh, yeah. Anyways, I think we should be good. Yeah, yeah. So, gotcha. so, so what I'm saying is like, so his personality sort of like changed dramatically mm. over the next decade, where he became like the mm. symbol of French, and then you know his entire thing. He he always talked about like, and then later, like while he was uh, when he was exiled and he was on that island, he would talk about like how. Uh, the idea of the, him being from Corsica is not even true because he right. went to like school in France oh, and like, you know, right. he's from there, but like, you know, yeah, it, yeah. your school really matters. So he's like constantly trying to like, Justify. he doesn't want to be remembered as like a Corsican, yeah. which is in direct contrast to his like early writings where he was like saying, fuck the French. French. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not the point. So uh, the, the cool thing about Napoleon was he wasn't that great. Right. Because he's sort of like, he's sort of like pitched as like, you know, this amazing general who yeah. revolutionized uh, military tactics. Right. Which they're right about. But I don't think, after like doing a bit of research, I don't think that Napoleon gets the credit for this. So what had happened was, how cool is this? So the French Revolution happens, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, in a matter of instance, uh, the nobility yeah. is like gone. Monarchy's out. And monarchy's out, and even the nobles, the arist, uh, the aristocrats, weren't they getting killed by guillotine? They were smashing. Yeah, they were. Some of them were, but some of them, like you know, like the king was and stuff. But the there was like a whole class of people, right, that were um, nobles that all of a sudden one day they stopped being nobles. So a fair few of them actually left France after that. Right. And uh, uh, some of them stayed, but then they just became like, you know, the citizens or whatever. Yeah. So what happened as a result was that the French army, mm. I- in order to be an officer, you had to be a noble. So oh, you essentially okay. had about 70 to 80% of the officers that were from the yeah. French nobility, right? And then this whole French Revolution happens, and then all of a sudden, that's gone. In a matter of five years... You went from being seventy percent French noble to being ninety seven percent non noble. Shit, and this had profound effect on the French military. Right. So what had happened was that because all of them left, this new cadre of people had come in, and they were younger too. Right. This is the post revolution French uh, military personnel. They yeah. were like regular folks that all of a sudden become officers, which was really good for meritocracy because, mm-hmm. like you know. Imagine, like, if all of the army's positions were reserved just for the nobility. Mm. The You're not going to get, like, you know, nobles to be the best army officers all the time. Yeah. The odds <clears throat> are a lot of it is just nepotism, right? Because, like, you're not really, you're not supposed to be there. And it had, like, a whole host of differences. Like, for example, the French military, before the revolution and before, like, you know, this change of the, the officer cadre. They all had like, so there'd be an officer and each officer would have at least seven animals and seven people accompanying them in a war because there'd be like one horse for just like pots and pans, <laughs> one mule for just carrying the food that they were yeah. taking. Yep. And then there was like a lot of this shit. Mm. And um, But so what happened was like once once the nobles went away, 
the regular people came and they didn't have like as many like demands mm -hmm. so all of a sudden your your cavalry just became really light and so you were easily able to move and shit oh so it became like almost a, an un like a what's what how can you put it a uh uh coincidental ta uh strategic advantage and that's napoleon's life coincidental strategic advantage so Damn. so this sort of shit was happening and not just this like uh and napoleon just became so napoleon and so what happened was once the revolution happened a lot of these other countries like you know prussia mm -hmm. austria that were still like you know nobility and royal and they yep. felt really threatened kind of like how after the second world war like after communism everyone was just afraid of communism that this is going to come into our country Red so they scare. were afraid of like the french republic system there were right. two countries in the world that were republic at the time there was the americans who had fought the revolutionary war a few years before and then the french mm -hmm. and the rest of them were all about like the uh, uh the idea that you know you god has made you king and yeah power is a birthright and yeah and all that shit so they were really afraid of um of this french republic experiment so they wanted to quash it mm. immediately basically overthrow people that had killed the king execute them and uh put in a king back mm. into his position so that they can you know make uh europe stable mm -hmm. whatever stability was because they were constantly fighting anyways <laughs> <with kings>. um <laughs> So, so this, so this was the backdrop. So, Eve, immediately after the revolution, there was a bunch of military men that gained huge popularity, because because of this, you know, perceived aggression from the rest of the Russia and Prussia and shit. Not just Napoleon, but a lot of uh, generals mm. became really prominent. Mm. So it was a matter of time before one of these generals takes over the whole country. Wait, so Napole Napoleon came up in the military after the revolution? Yep, right oh, after the revolution. Ah, right after. Interesting. And and while there were seismic changes happening. You could say the Logan Paul of <laughs> French revolutionaries. Logan Paul. Jake I'm Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he, the Logan Paul lost out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, but that's interesting. So he was kind of seen as like the young rebel or something. Yeah, he was seen as this young, enterprising military commander. Gotcha. And they were For the common people. For the common people. Cool. And, um, uh, and so... There were other generals that were also winning decisive victories because of this change in the military. So the one thing that Napoleon gets should get credit for, which he was certainly was the only one who did it that helped it. It's not that he was like creative and he added new things to the art of war, mm. uh, because like I said, it was just a matter of like you know you had a strategic advantage that was kind of like you fell onto it as a consequence of the revolution yeah so no one really organized for this but what napoleon was really good at was he created these amazing systems within the military right so for the first time in history of warfare they divided uh the military into like infantry uh core you know uh armored battalions right. engineers oh. this whole separate system right first time in history Fuck. it hadn't been done before and as a result, the French army all of a sudden had this extreme advantage among the, you know, the great power uh, competition in Europe where they would go into like, they defeated 
Russia. They defeated what? Germany. They defeated Austria. Really? They were on a roll. Whoa. And so all of a sudden, Napoleon had gotten this like immense popularity. Like, and he had also become the emperor by them. He proclaimed himself to be the emperor <laughs> of France. <laughs> Funnily enough, Self-proclaimed. Four, five years after the revolution, which was about how there shouldn't be like these. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. he had, and he was really, really popular. And he was winning. Wow. France, like winner. He was Napoleon is a great man. He was winner. He, he was definitely a winner. And like, if you if you look at like French history pre the revolution, it was the France had just become like this fucking backwaters of Europe by that point. Like, this um, is like Mar- Marie Antoinette time. I don't know what the timeline for yeah. Marie Antoinette mm-hmm. is, but, but you like know, just before it, like, there's I was I remember like ages ago I was reading this account of the first first Indian. Whoever went to Europe, <laughs> this was a few years before the French Revolution. <laughs> um, what's his name? Um, Sad Guru. <laughs> He'll be the last because once he shows up, people know to stay away. He rode in in his motorbike. Dude, he had like this. By the way, this guy, the first Indian to ever go into Gandhi, uh, go to Europe. Was it Gandhi? These hilarious observations. Yeah. Okay. It's like he well, said. Well, Fran- France. Uh, let's be honest, Europe. Has some weird culture, cultural norms. Like, no, but he he was saying like, I'll tell you about him well, because like yeah. his like, but I want to tell you like yeah, a few yeah. of his like really we, funny observations. So tell one me, of tell him me, he was me, like, when he got on the ship, uh, he's like, uh, uh, I can definitely say that the ocean is far more than twenty feet deep, and the Alexander theory that it does it could, does not go beyond twenty feet, <laughs> I can assure is wrong. And if Who's and my my when my according to my research, it is limitless. There is no floor. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much right. That, funny, like yeah. limitless is a lot more accurate than twenty, 20 feet. feet. Yeah, yeah. Who said it was twenty feet? I th- he said Alexander was saying oh, it was twenty feet. I don't right, even right. know if Alexander said it, but it's he like thinks a, that Alexander said right, it was twenty feet. Like the Greek. And so he's saying it's definitely more than twenty feet. <laughs> and opposite, he's saying yeah. that it's definitely it's also limitless. Yeah. Anyway, so he goes to like um he goes to he goes to <laughs> Europe, right? He goes through France. <laughs> yeah. And he talks about France in such content. Really? He says it's a place of extreme poverty. Yeah. There's like extreme stratification in society. That was all of Europe, wasn't it? He, he does not say that about England. He goes to England and he what? says England is amazing. Really? He says like England is great. This he, is like. His review of London was like my review. I'm like, it was sick. Yeah, he, he thought, he generally thought he was sick. He right. first, he, 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 again, funny observation. He goes to like a show. Yeah. Like one of these like plays, right? You know, these old timey Shakespearean style plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, it is, <laughs> these are his observations. It is quite mind boggling that over here people actually pay to watch the art as opposed to just having an entire cast that does it for pennies. Wow. And he's, he's sitting in the, the Coliseum style cool. like stadium arena. Yeah. And he is saying, the most bizarre thing happens. Every time the audience likes something that they see, they take both of their hands and they smash them together. <laughs> Creating some sort of thunderous like yeah, sound. Yeah, he's, he's literally saying that. And he's <sighs> like, which is quite in contrast to India, where we, when we like something, we just go, Shabash, Shabash. <laughs> Uh, I'm with the French in this one, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, and he yeah, also yeah. he has this observation. The only positive thing he had to say about France yeah. was he walks in and he sees what he later on and we now understand to be ice skating. Oh yeah, but he looks at them and he's like, 
it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Fuck yeah. It was like angels yeah. gliding on ice. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. And so that's literally the only thing that- Surely, um, I know that back then it wouldn't have been like modern French gastronomy, but surely he thought the food was good. No, he said like, so he said that- Or oh, was it just casseroles back then? Dude, France was like going through one of its worst recessions. Oh time. yeah, okay. So- Because you know, it's a bit of a, not to, I'm not going to stick on the food for too long, but it's a bit of a misnomer that- you know how everyone's like French food super sophisticated. That's more of a modern thing. Like traditional country f- cooking is like bean stew, duck. That's basically it. It's very rustic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so it was probably shit. I mean, it just kind of like with affluence. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, comes, yeah. It yeah, yeah exactly. Like with affluence. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so that's uh, hilarious. Anyway, so like, so if, and so he was saying like he would tell people because he was sent on a mission by one of the uh, royals in India to yep. go meet with the the king of England or some shit, right? So he would tell people in France that I've been sent on a mission and I'm going to England. And yep. they would take this like really seriously and they were very nice to him. They would say, oh, because, you know, like um, uh, diplomats, I guess you, they would qualify as diplomats. We're like, even in like, you know, olden times, we're looked at as like, you know, uh, a profession that was very admirable. And also good PR agents. Yeah, good PR agents, and you want to have, like, the best sort. Yeah. And so he was saying, like, the people in France were very, like, nice to me, and they would, like, treat me as hospitably as their pockets possibly could, which was not much to say. Right. I didn't realize also, yeah. Yeah, so general. anyway, so I'm just saying, like, it's just as a side note, that this was the pre-revolutionary France. Gotcha. Not great. Yeah, not great. And yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden, with Napoleon and his, like, military conquest, yeah. they become the best uh, the, the best power in... Uh, in I kind of want to see this movie with you. We'll see it together. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to watch it together. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go I, on. I, I'm going to watch it. I think it releases day after tomorrow. Well, let me know, because it would be cool. I would like your take after the film too but anyway go yeah, on yeah. yeah um and napoleon had like uh okay so they they say so napoleon because of this like you know these military strategic advantage advantages that they had they started beating everyone in europe they burned moscow they went to like that is russia. crazy russia they defeated yeah, yeah, yeah everything napoleon was like he was it, he was undefeatable. You know wow. what the strategy for Prussian uh, uh, government was no. to defeat Napoleon? No. Napoleon had three corps, like so. They had three separate like battalions or whatever. Mm. One of them was obviously headed by the him, and then the other two were headed by these other generals. Mm. Their strategy was just try to like not fight with Napoleon's. <laughs> just go for the other guys. Fuck. That's how bad it was. Jesus. But then, like the thing is. Uh, 10, 15 years later, all of these countries that were fighting, once they like start getting hammered by France, they realize they have to change their military. Yeah, yeah. Because, dude, their military, you know how they used to run their military? Mm. The idea, the Prussian, this Prussian military was they would go conquer a place, they would enslave people, they would force them to fight for them. Mm which created huge drawbacks because all the soldiers wanted was to abandon the military. Mm. And the idea was that if you abandon during war, before the enemy kills you, your officers behind you will kill you. Jesus. So you're better off for survival to fight the enemy than to like abandon. Shit. And every time, like even when like they had to go to the bathroom, yeah. there'd be like a huge core of officers that would go with them yeah. to ensure that they don't go off. Yeah. So this is the army that these guys had. Yeah. And then 
switch, all of a sudden, Napoleon had an extremely motivated citizen army yeah, yeah. because no, nothing to do with him, the French Revolution. All of a sudden, mm. the aristocrats were gone, the nobility is gone. That's kind of a new Average found people are becoming, you know, officers. So their yeah, their motivation narrative almost. Their motivation is like how the Australian military's motivation would be. You know, right, like right, we're yeah, protecting yeah. our country, yes. not like fuck. I'm gonna wait for this guy to look away and then I'm gonna run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was just beating yeah. everyone, right. and then like ten fifty, like to the like ten fifteen years later, the rest of the powers like Russia. Uh, what was Prussia, then Germany, Austria, they all realized we've got to change. If yeah. we don't change the way we fight, we're doomed. We're doomed. Yeah. And so they actually like abolished um, uh, uh, peasantry to a certain extent. They like tried to like put in some reforms right. that France was doing. Yeah. And they, and actually like in 15 years they bridged the gap and then all of a sudden right. their army had become pretty good where they started defeating yeah. France oh, as well. Okay. And that was the end of Napoleon. Oh, so Russia was the one that sort of- uh, Prussia. Like Prussia. Well, what Prussia. the hell was Prussia? Germany. My bad. This whole time I thought you were talking about Russia. Okay, so Prussia. Russia and Prussia. Yeah, Prussia Germany. is the old name for Germany. Why, that, why, why were they called Prussia? Yeah, I don't know why they changed it. I think like mm. because of the empire, like they're- uh, it's you know how like Ottoman Empire became Turkey. Yeah, it's yeah. like when you're when you lose certain geography and you sort of want to set in right, a new nation right, state, right, then right, you right, change. Okay, sorry. So it was Germany because I was gonna say, I always think of the Russian. If you look at history, all the world war wars have weighed on Russia. Russia's the one that wins the wars. Russia won. Well, world they war lost one. the first world war. Oh yeah, wait. Were they in, wait in, in, in World War One? Were they no, no? Oh yeah, the Axis. They won. They won. Wait, who were they fighting for in World War One? Czar was fighting against uh, England and like the the Allies. Oh my bad. Okay, so just okay, one for one. My bad. Yeah, that's why they. That's why communist revolution happened because they were so weakened by the loss. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay, my mistake. Uh, but yeah, okay. So Germany, Prussia were the ones that okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and then like yeah. they had learned like how and and Napoleon uh one of his first defeats after like decades of utter dominance when he was like told that uh you know this loss and he, his comment was the beasts have finally learned something from me. <laughs> the beasts. Yeah. Were they you know how like Prussians were once the Gauls? I think they yeah, were the yeah, Gauls. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were known as like you know uh ravenous uh, 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 savages. Yeah. So is that why? Goal, goal. I think like it's between like some f French and German areas where I think goal. Oh, uh, okay. Because anyways, yeah. Because but did he refer to them as savages because they were kind of more savage? Yeah, dude, they were all savages because yeah, they yeah. the goals were like in competition with Rome, which at the time oh, right, was right, like right, you know right. this like beacon of enlightenment and shit. So anything yeah, yeah, for them yeah, would have yeah. been savages. Yeah, 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 of course. Of it's course, like of course. Uh, Americans saying that Afghans are savages. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I get you. Okay, so that's what he said. Okay, interesting. So where are we at, uh, where are we at in the timeline So now? at this point, uh, Napoleon is now starting to lose some of the battles because the rest of them have caught up. Yeah. And uh, all of his like reforms that he brought in are now being basically copycat by other places in Europe. Yeah. And uh, and so the the bridge uh, and so then there's this whole thing of like they say that there are two leaders in the modern history who are who are like maniac who had maniac foreign policy in the sense that they only had attack mm. as an option. Mm. One of them is Hitler. 
Oh, okay. And the other one they say is Napoleon. Right. So, is he, so he didn't he didn't even consider a a, a, a situation where he'd need to be de- on the de- defense. No. Yeah. He yeah, just yeah. had attack, attack, attack. Yeah. Now there's mm-hmm. theories to it. Some people say that he was, uh, you know, he was a maniac. Some people say, look, if you were in his position, you'd be doing the same thing. Either you wait another 15 years for Prussian, Russian, Austrian armies to like, you know, rearm themselves before they attack you. Or you go in for the kill before they can do that. And yeah. so he went in for that. And they say that you shouldn't compare him to Hitler because he might have killed a lot of people in war, but he wasn't like doing ethnic cleansing of a particular race right. for, you know, like racial. So he's like that angle was missing in him. So you can't right, consider right, him to right, be right. a genocidal like Hitler was. But either way, the rest of the, the Western powers, like the, the European powers, including England, by this point had thought of Napoleon as Hitler. Was oh, this right. bent gotcha. on like utter domination of Europe, which was kind of true, and you know, like I said, there's like different ways of looking at it. Yeah, and so they wanted fucking Napoleon out of the picture, right? And uh, and so at by just when like you know uh, uh, France had just started to lose the Battle of Waterloo, and then post that, uh, they wanted to get rid of uh, Napoleon, and so yeah. they picked Napoleon once they came to a position of power. They told uh, they sent Napoleon to an exile. The French. Yep. Really. French. Yeah. Because why? Because they had also realized that they weren't militarily like superior anymore. That's and, so hard. An idea of like a, a leader who was just like hell bent on like conquering. But other it's quite harsh to be like you've done so well, but you fucked up a bit once. Well, this isn't the end of his story. Uh, so he goes okay. to like, he's been like exiled into this island. I forget the name of the island where he's like essentially Australia. in prison. <laughs> He escapes the prison. He comes back. Yeah. By the way, he's no one. France is being run by other people. Right. He comes in. Uh, he comes back to France. He escapes. He's, the army is looking at him, and they're, like, he, they're supposed to be. And he says, famously, can't remember the exact, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, are you going to fight for them, or are you going to fight for Napoleon, the guy who leaded you, who won so many battles for you? And then all of a sudden, that fucking people that were supposed to fight for him, they come behind him. Yeah. And he's about to go. Eventually, he loses. Uh, and he's oh, so they go, we're exiled not fighting into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean where, like, you know, he'd have to swim Fuck. for 30 years to even come back. Oh, so they don't help him. Or, like, somewhere else. He was, like, he was exiled far, far away. Right. But it was kind of cool. He had, like, this little part of resurgence where, like, these Fuck. people were pointing guns at him. And then he says fight with me they, i am your leader and no. then all of a sudden people went back behind him oh. to like actually fight for him oh to fight for him fight for him oh and then and then what happened? they lost all <laughs> oh so so he did have support but they lost yeah and this, by that point dude like napoleon was like a fat man who couldn't ride horses uh. because <laughs> he had extreme hemorrhoids oh no not Two hemorrhoids story, which no. is bad news for a general <laughs> those things sound Fucked. Yeah. From all the horse riding? Well, I don't Is know how you what get it him? would be. Uh, uh, who knows? Be a whole host of Some people yeah. speculate he had stomach cancer, but he actually oh, just had God, like really bad hemorrhoids. So, and that, so was the, that was the end of uh, Napoleon. He had a very short stint, but oh, for a man. brief moment, he was the talk of the world. You know what I thought you were going to say? Everyone was like afraid of him. I thought you were going to say like, and then guess what happened? They fought for him and he beat the French army. That's and then he ruled for 10 more know. years or something, but that didn't happen. That didn't happen. That's, so he, that's how, that would have been a good story, yeah. but it didn't happen that way. So they exiled into in the middle of nowhere and then he, and died, then he there? died there? Yeah. 
Oh, writing man. about the fact that how he's actually French and not like his Corsican. Right. <laughs> not yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's so crazy thinking about how different. It just freaks me out that Napoleon lives on the same planet as those two brothers that make out, that made out on TikTok. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Dude, the, the weirdest thing like, was. It was just different. Like now, like now I'm like, oh, my leg's still. It still, it does still hurt, and it's still fucking, it's still like bleeding and shit. But like, you know, back then they probably been like, cut it off. <laughs> you know, it's infected. Cut it off. Like, God, they're just like different breed of people. Dude, that he was, and he he actually his other thing was again he wasn't afraid of dying, mm. and he was extremely lucky, bro. He should have been dead. Yeah, there were so many of those battles where he and he actually he he didn't care about. This is why people think he was like he could be compared to Hitler, because he didn't care. He never cared about like people dying, including himself. And right, kind of crazy. It was like, yeah, that's how it goes. Was like, he kind of like a uh, Caesar esque character? Yeah, he was. Mm. It, it, but like, but Caesar, Caesar, it's different because like he really rode the 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 wave of the revolution. Which Caesar didn't have, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, Caesar yeah. was essentially trying to uh, boycott the aristocracy and try to get support from the general public, yes, right? That was yes, his game. Yes. Napoleon was in a world where the aristocracy had already been eliminated. Yeah, he was just there, and so he was like just representing the. So he was kind Fuck. of like Caesar. I, they, I, they say like people remember Napoleon because of his like changes to war tactics and his, yeah. his military. I mean, he must have been a intelligent man was he educated yeah he was he was educated he because he was part of the uh the nobility of corsica after the french took over one of the things they used to do was like take noble kids and send them to mainland france to get them educated gotcha, in yeah, french yeah, schools yeah. and shit yeah and there's like accounts of um how even at wars he would like have a uh, essentially a library that he would travel with the army and that was um, not just to like read up on shit, but it was mostly like to understand uh, maps and stuff, yeah, which yeah, also yeah. kind of made them good. So he wasn't like he wasn't an intellectual, mm. but he was a he was a educated, smart man. He was particularly when it comes to like military tactics, well, extremely smart. What did his parents do? I don't know. Actually. Nobility, some nobility, nobility yeah, some yeah. shit like that. So they weren't Dude, like poor. I'm keen for the movie. I mean, it looks yeah, it looks very interesting. You know. Did he have some like strange personality quirks? Because like the picture, the the, the 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 movie poster, he's like kind of like draped over like a a thing like this, kind of just being like this, kind of being like, well, not like that, but sort of being like, I am great, but also relaxed. He he married a he was extremely in love with a an absolute gold digger, <laughs> which is a I guess a Josephine. Right. Uh, she was married to someone else, and then he married her later, and she is she had the reputation of like. She did not care about him at all. She and mm. she didn't. She was like she was just out there. She was one of those gals that, you know, had those personalities that like uh, she put people out? fall fall in love with. During she put out. Yeah, she probably did pull it out, but right. she also put out with like heaps of other people. Right, 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 right. And Napoleon was often told that she's like having affairs with people, and, and he, yeah, right. And he was a bit of a simp. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it happens. I think they made a movie called Napoleon in Love back in the day as right. well, which is about his. A weird relationship with uh, Josephine. Right. The, he was a very short man. Really? And he was the Donald Trump of its time in the sense oh, that right. 
in France, obviously, he was very respected because he was the emperor and shit. But the rest of the world used to like make caricatures of him. Yeah. And and they used to like talk about like how he has a small, syndrome, you know, how, like small small man, small man syndrome, small yeah. dick syndrome or whatever. Yes. Yeah. That he he wants to like rule the world because he's so small and he has yeah. Yeah, inferiority yeah. complex. Yes. Yes. So yes. like they would make fun of him all the time everywhere. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, they would do like plays where he'd be like the fucking buffoonish character. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, in fact, like the term boogeyman. Yeah. Comes from Napoleon. Bonaparte, really? yeah. What? Because like when he was like kicking everyone's ass in Europe, the boogeyman's the coming. The boogeyman's coming. Holy shit! And then boogeyman became like this joke because in terms of um, in terms of like, not to get into it, but in terms of the like geopolitical situation of Europe, like once he was put in the ocean, basically, did you did France make like did because after World War I don't I'm, like after World War Two, Germany was massively punished after world war one actually that's why world war two you could argue happened they were massively punished like tariffs sanctioned isolationists couldn't couldn't uh compete in the market of europe is that what happened to france after napoleon or no no not not nearly as bad because like part they of him sending him, him to exile and yeah, kicking they him, kicked out him out show was like the the ruling class of france at yeah. that point decided so they were okay uh, he's, he's a used bullet at what point did europe stop fighting wars with each other second world war bro that's where it stops yeah well, you could say it's happening now, right? Again, with yeah. Russia and, and well, Israel's not Europe. But, but like, there was like, up until like Second World War, it was just, they were constantly fighting. Even uh, even the times of peace yeah. was just times of rearmament. So was like, this, was this both the both empires that were constantly fighting yeah, each yeah. other would go through 10 years of stability, but they're both just like trying to rebuild their army so yeah, that they yeah, can yeah. go back at it again. Was this the same situation globally? No. No. Okay. This Europe was particularly always. volatile. So bizarre. Always there's um, something. There's something defect in. There's the periods where there's uh, uh, instability and stability. Mm. Like you could argue Europe is now. It's just had this like fucking seventy years of stability. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. really paying for their dues and like in a good way. Good on them. Yeah. But so you'd have like periods of stability and instability everywhere. Yeah. Um. But the amount of constant fighting that happened in Europe mm. was not the case in Asia. And let's be real, when we talk about that kind of world, we're talking about what was then the known world, which is Europe, Middle East, yes. Africa, Asia. Yes. That's, that's all of the world that Yeah, yeah that was all, that's all there was. That was before Columbus. Yeah, went and to it America. was like, uh, yeah, yeah, this was before, you know, Australia was found and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and, and the North and South America were found. Right, right, right. So this was, and it, because, and some, historians sort of credit like this constant instability in europe yeah. to the idea that all nations are equal wow because they were like we have they to chill yeah. no because like all nations are equal that means so okay this is the thing i think i've talked about on the pod before this is like a, a comparison between east asia china korea mm. japan mm. and europe so mm. in east asia the idea was that there was a hierarchy, an explicit hierarchy, where China was at the top of this hierarchy, and then there were all of these other countries that were so. What's changed? A king, <laughs> a king in a king of Korea, yeah. could not be the emperor because the emperor could only be from China. Right. So what would happen was once the uh, Korea Korea had a king, the king would be sent to China, and uh, and basically say, 
take the blessings from the Chinese emperor. Mm -hmm. And as a result, the Chinese would never really have any issue with it. They, were, they, they would say, we don't care who you have as a king as long as you know that we're the emperors. That's yeah, all we yeah, care yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so actually it was a remarkably stable period. There Damn. were some periods of violence, but as a whole, it was extremely stable because there was this explicit hierarchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. In Europe, on the other hand, there was no explicit hierarchy. So a small country yeah, right. would think that they're equal to a big country. Gotcha. But obviously there is a hierarchy. Yes. There's like, you know, when you're Napoleon and you're like the, this France, yeah. your Austria is obviously lower. Yes. But they have this idea that we're not lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, they're yeah. constantly fighting with each other because of this Yes, equality. well, that's that's kind of what probably you could say almost came from the, um, the French Revolution. It was like the idea of like separate... Church from state, fraternity, whatever those things are, fraternity, blah blah blah. The other one, like it's like it always existed, man. This idea, right. Europe always had this idea, equality idea that like mm. I'm, I'm not worse than you, like yeah, yeah, yeah. always existed. It really got solidified it, in the Enlightenment era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and those guys gotcha. were saying like, but it's it's because of the Jordan said this too once. It's because of the geography of Europe, because a tiny little enclave in like northern Italy could. I don't know, bankroll uh, some sort of new uh, industry that could potentially make them the richest country in Europe. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's like pockets. I think that's probably why they're like, you can't write off like, I don't know, Portugal because Portugal is a good example. They were like a huge, uh, uh, what do you call it? Economy, uh, you know, they took over half the world. So it's like, couldn't write someone off by their influence because it's like who knows yeah, particularly because like you know england is a fucking tiny place yeah, exactly UK, and they it's have crazy. like the biggest empire in the world yeah probably do they, are they still counted as having the most the biggest empire like yeah they're number one yeah yeah yeah. you know who's number two america very close oh, wait, in europe them. in europe the world america britain had the biggest empire that's why they used to say the sun never set on the british empire yeah yeah America. They had, but the beast. what's the second one that was actually close and a lot of people don't even know about? It's got to it? be. It's not U.S. Okay, no. let me guess. You're, U.S. never had an empire that way. Right? Are you talking about in Europe or the world? So you know how they say Alexander the Great, he conquered most of the world and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, been yeah, heaps yeah. of empires like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The second oh, one, Rome. Genghis Khan, the Mongols. Fuck. You know what's funny? I was going to without having without like going without finding the US, <laughs> South America and Australia. Dude, I was going to just randomly mention Genghis Khan because surely he has the biggest death toll in terms of people he killed. Globally. Yeah, they a lot of people argue that, yeah. What? It was the biggest empire in the world, so the death toll had to be big too. Dude, was it just all that yak milk? How did he how did he do it? He had like a very very simple philosophy. Rape. No. What? He would this by the way, this was a time when everyone was like whoever became powerful, they would conquer, right? Mm. His thing was accept me as your ruler and as the again the the apex emperor of the world. <laughs> Jesus. If you do that, nothing happens to you. Right. You get to keep doing your uh work. The noble really? he says the same. You get to keep practicing your religion. Really? If you want to fight, we will not just kill you. We will kill each and every family member of yours Fuck. and their relatives. We will burn your entire <sighs> town down to rubble. Kill Fuck. everyone if we have to. So what? you choose. Isn't that that's in? I mean, it's can effective. you fight? That's infective. Effective. 
Dude, it was so effective. Jesus, it was so effective. But Mongolia. That's why, like, that it was so effective. Is it because the the the, the, the people uh, would just accept them? But Mongolia is naturally uh, has a natural defense because of its mountains, right? Mongolia doesn't need to be defended. It's right. got nothing. How the fuck? It's insane. How did he? How did his reign come to an end? Uh, generational, and then like eventually. It just, he, he was actually more than Napoleon. He was a very, very enterprising person who had unified everyone. Really? And then eventually his empire got broken into like pieces when he died, his sons. Uh. And then there was mismanagement. And then the others by that point had caught up and they started like attacking them. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see a, a, a like an animation of the world map in terms of just colors, in terms of who dominated. Sort of like Mongo like Rome, Greece, like Greece, Rome, uh, Mongolia, they do have France. Those. Do they? Yeah. I got to look at that because it's like you would think at Hollywood would lead lead you to believe that you know it is possible for there to be a dominant power globally that just you know owns the world. And some well, could say that's what it, it was. The U.S. was. Well, some could say that that's America. Yeah, particularly after the fall of Soviet Union, up yes. until I would say now. Yeah, up until when now. now we're moving back into this multipolar world. Yeah, U.S. was that. There was just no one that could even. Yeah. Even Everyone combined didn't even come close. So like, it's so strange that America hegemonic. got to that point. Because you'd think it'd be, I don't know. America is in the best position to be. Yeah, here. it is. It's isolated. It's got resources. So isolated, resources. extremely resourceful. Yeah. It would have been shocking if America never got into that point. It's quite interesting that England managed. It's just fascinating. It, it, like, would it be unbelievable that Mongolia just held on till now? Would that even be possible? Mm. Ah, man. Yeah, no. Nah. It's fascinating, that stuff, man. It is fascinating. It's also like, actually, I was while I was reading up on Napoleon, I actually came across this. Usually there's like, in technology, there's these giant leaps mm. that happen mm. every now and then. And the, thumb of the, the rule is that when that, like Napoleon was one of them, he brought like this giant leap into military and, and how people fight wars. Mm. Every time that happens, yeah. you can never predict when it's going to happen and what it would be. Mm. But what you can yeah, almost always tell is that whoever was... The ruling military yeah. before that will not be the one after it. Yeah, tech plays a big part, doesn't it? And so US, it seems like will be there forever. But when that next and we don't know what it is. People think it's like China. information systems. Oh, the next it's like technology. What it would be that lasers. will change the rules of the game of war. I think I th But whenever it will come and it will come at some point. I think America will not be the the ruling power then. I think we reach that ceiling with nukes. Unless there's a way to disarm nukes, then that'll be the next winner. Yeah, but nukes is what you brought US to that position. That's true, but like I just don't see Almost, yeah. I just don't see I don't see maybe that's just because it hasn't been made, but I don't see I don't see anything surpassing nuclear weapons. It's got to be something to do with like artificial intelligence yeah and uh, yeah that's true it's not about like the raw power it's like yeah completely paralyzing your opposition so imagine a scenario you know what it is it's, inf it's the information war don't you think that's what it is it is but that's like uh, fucking the basic version of it right. there's like some other i think what what could be again you can never predict this so i'm most certainly going to be wrong about this but I think there could be a point where, like, let's say U.S. and China are about to fight a war mm. and they're prepping their nukes and stuff. <laughs> oh, God. And then one country has the capability <sighs> of shutting everything. You know how the Optus outage was? And no, uh, Yeah. Imagine that times one 
hundred thousand on core things. Fuck. And so when one country has a capability of just completely paralyzing the other country, I think that will be the next step. That will be it. And no one's and everyone's I, trying to develop that yeah, capability, yes. and everyone's trying to develop the capability of avoiding it. But we don't know who gets what at the end of it. And who would have thought that in the end it was Sri Lanka? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Um, that is absolutely it. Because the Optus thing showed me that it's like everyone was just like, "I can't communicate with you. I'm basically digitally dead. I can't communicate with you." I, I, like. It was like a big issue. It was like, I can't- Yeah, but you didn't have that problem, did you? No, because I had Lavara. Exactly, boy. (laughs) Dude, my brother was so fucking happy when that was happening. Yeah, dude, same thing. I was just like messaging away. I'm like, la, 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 you know, like- I was like, too. And he was like, hey, call your wife. I was like, why? He's like, call her, call her. (laughs) I was like, she's at work. And I was like, call her. And I called her. I was like, oh, it's not working. He's like, because all of Optus is down. I was like, why are you so happy? He's like, we're going to get more customers, baby. Hell yeah. Lavara. Work doesn't work 99 99% of the time, but that one percent of the time, time when there's an outage with the with the opposing companies, you're golden. Catch me that. Yeah, one more sweet sweet hit. Um, but yeah. Anyways, so the point was, I'm excited to watch Napoleon. Dude, you and me both. I'm gonna watch it this weekend. Can I? Can I maybe come? You can come. You're not gonna see it in like where I'm, you know. I'm gonna see it with my missus. Yeah, that's cool, but you're not gonna see it in like the hood. I mean, it would be easier for me to watch it in the hood, but where do you want to watch it? Nah, I don't want to drag you out. We'll talk. We'll talk. I just want to say, it. also, I mean, let's be honest. Like, it's kind of dumb. We could just see it separately, and then I could fucking call you straight away. Yeah, what yeah, difference yeah. does it make? It make um, but I definitely want to see it. I'm like, I love those. I love those period historical movies that aren't like Braveheart and uh, that that have that sort of like '90s tinge to it, where it's like that sort of like fast shutter speed where everything's blurry and there's people getting killed and then there's like the guys looking around and they're like, it's like so like melodramatic. I, I mean, maybe this will be the same. Did you but- watch uh, Alexander? No. Oliver Alexander. Stone's Alexander no. starring Colin Farrell. I haven't seen it either. People say it's a bad one. I haven't seen it. But I, seen it. I hope that you had seen it so you can tell me if it was- Nah, I haven't seen it, but look, I think it'll be cool. I mean, look, put it this way. This is a such- <sighs> It's such a dumb way to judge a movie, but the poster looked cool. <laughs> Dude, and the trailer does too. I saw it. It looks and good. Walking Phoenix, Ridley the, Scott. I mean, come I'm on, that's gonna be the shit, dude. That's gonna be amazing. Like those two together. I mean, Ridley Scott hasn't done a movie for so long. He's only been a producer. Like he produced Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, he wasn't there. He, he made did. Gladiator. That's all. That's an awesome movie. Yeah. In fact, I might have to rewatch that before. Dude, it is, a, it is a really good one, but you know what's weird about that? Every time someone else watches it, I think it's like a, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's one of the good ones. There's Literally. many out there. Gladiator. It's awesome. Like but everyone, anyone that I've ever shown this movie to for yeah. the first time, yeah. they've come out saying that was one of the most incredible films I've ever yeah. seen. I haven't seen and it I've since always I was wondered, like 10. Is that even true? I don't know. I have to rewatch it. One of my friends loves it. I have one friend that like, He's like the ambassador of Gladiator. And maybe it's just because of him. People I th- love it. That I think it's good. But I mean, A lot ha- of people, it's their be- favorite movie ever. I have to rewatch it. I have to rewatch it. I, like, is it based? It's not based on a real guy, eh? Uh, nah, it's a Gladiator. It's no, based on no, a Gladiator. No, no. Yeah. I think Spartacus is. Spartacus, yeah. That was a real slave. I mean, even glad, even the idea of the, the, the game, whatever they were, the Gladiators and the games they had, the death games they had in ancient in Rome was like 
mental, dude. I mean, it's no different to like it's kind of like sport now, but like you die. But but you know, they were like considered like sports stars. Yeah, and like the idea that slaves becoming rulers seems so far fetched, and like that happens such an underdog, dude. It happened all the time in history. Really? Particularly, I don't know about like European history as much because I haven't re- looked into like uh, ancient or like you know pre-modern European mm. history as much. But like, dude, Asian history, subcontinent, India. At one point, bro, if you think it was a requirement to be a slave in order to be a ruler, <laughs> because all of them were. <laughs> That's amazing. All of them were at some point slaves. It just shows that humans love an underdog story. They love a coming of age story. It's like, he was shit and now he's the shit, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just it's just so funny. Wow, what a quote. I just love Bella Bragic. He was shit and now he's the shit. <laughs> Napoleon, Miss Lavelle, just on the same level. <laughs> Truman um, has one of those oh, being shit to the shit. <laughs> what really? Yeah, dude. Truman was Truman the one in Oppenheimer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The one that was, was like, get one that crybaby out of here. Yeah. The 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 Truman was the one that was like had no business being pr- president and just got yeah, there. That yeah, you yeah. told me that story. I learned a lot that, from you, dude. Dude, that's a that's a very interesting story too. Guys, check out Truman's story. We did a podcast ages ago. I wouldn't be able to tell you the title. But it is he. His story is also pretty incredible. It's truly an underdog story, and if you're like in your mid thirties, <laughs> sitting at home, everyone telling you, including in your mom's basement, <laughs> everyone telling you you're a loser. Yeah. Don't worry, Truman was you, and then he <laughs> dropped nuclear bombs. You could, on you Japan. too could kill a lot of people needlessly. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about? You just need to make the right friends. <laughs> do you know anything about the? The uh, world famous ex president Ike Eisenhower. Not so much. Short term, right? Not yeah. One term. Not so much. I know this is a jump as well, and like whatever, we're just doing this. I know that when it's me and Ali, me and Ali on this pod. I don't know if it's the same with you and Jordan. It's always just like, define what you mean by the term crisis. I know it gets to like <laughs> CNN, but like, uh, what was I going to ask? Um, fuck, I forgot, dude. I want to ask you something. Damn it! Let's switch some gears. I forgot. Um, yeah. Elon Musk is getting cancelled. Why? All so you know his his platform X X X is being uh, demonetized. So why? What happened? Uh, IBM, Apple, all the big companies have paused their advertising on yeah. it. Yeah, because Elon Musk is anti-Semitic. I Apparently, d- what? I don't, that's that's surprising. That seems. What's the proof of that? So, okay, I actually me, have it me. here. So, essentially what happened was that there was some conspiracy theory that was being um pushed on Twitter. Yeah. About like um <sighs> Jews being responsible, being like the villains of Europe and like killing Europeans or some shit. And uh uh Elon Musk retweeted that. I'm going to like Show me confirm it. this. Okay, yeah, hold yeah. Up. Okay, uh, this, this is what it says. Billionaire CEO wrote on Wednesday that a tweet accusing Jews of hating white people was the actual truth in inverted commas. The White House has condemned Musk's statements on Friday morning. So there was some like tweet where... I thought he was Jewish. What the fuck? He's South oh, African. Nah, He's South African. Not all South Africans are Jewish. I just thought they were. Very, very few of them <laughs> I are. I thought they all were. A lot of them in Australia are Jewish. You're that's right, why. That's why. Because they escaped after Nelson Mandela. <laughs> they bailed. They bailed, bro. 
<laughs> I actually, I actually spoke to one, oh uh, one. I actually spoke to a guy I met who was like a, a oh, South African and Jewish, right? And his family had left South Africa after the apartheid ended mm. and came to Australia. And I asked him, like, "What's your view on, uh, what's your view on uh, Nelson Mandela?" Yeah, be real, be real. He said it. terrorist, and he said he was like, "Okay, I'll have to give him credit for the fact that he forgave everyone. That was epic." Because people really hated him and they had imprisoned him. But other than that, he fucked up the country. He just ruined it. He got all of these non-deserving people to come into positions of power. And look at it. It's a basket case. Hence, we came to Australia and now we live in Dover Heights and have a mansion. Life was tough. <laughs> the, 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 it's like... That's the situation. There's no gray area. That's it. It's as simple as that. It's, it's black and white, this one. It's to, cut and to dry. To give him credit, he w I asked him to be real. And, and he, he, he was being and honest. he was yeah, being yeah, real. Yeah, so, yeah, like, you know, being, yeah, yeah. no hate for that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways. Being honest, maybe, not real. Uh, Yeah, so Elon Musk is being canceled. And now the 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 so israeli said, lobby wait a sec wait a sec let's pump the brakes here. he said that uh he said that all dude, all, all jews hate white people dude he jews, didn't say that he didn't say that there was a, a tweet by someone else who alluded to this i can't find right. the tweet obviously because but it's dude, been taken down but dude most jews are white as well how can that even be how's that even a statement man i don't know i think i think it comes from like you know how europeans think like uh uh, Jews killed Jesus and shit. Like the, the well, OG they did. They actual anti-Semitic shit. No, they didn't. Jewish people killed Jesus. Jesus. No. They didn't? The Romans, Romans did. killed Jesus. Oh, I, thought the, I, th I thought it was the Jewish. Jewish Jew people might have helped. Oh, it was the Romans. They didn't like him oh, I did, Okay, I thought it was. I thought, but like, it wasn't like, it's oh, okay. kind of like a. Like oh, a I didn't thing. know that. My bad. I don't know. That's also considered anti-Semitic. And that oh, was actually shit. kind of true because it's not even true. Oh, okay. My bad. I've been fact-checked. I didn't know that. I didn't, um, know that. I didn't mean it in a like screw yeah, on my yeah, head. Yeah, no, it's fine. It. It's fine. Like, it's, so it's, there's yeah. one of those conventional wisdoms. And I think he said. Right. I don't. Right. I, I can't find the tweet. So that's, and he that's said, another. That's another. I mean, conspiracy. it's the actual truth. Yeah, this yeah, comes yeah. in the backdrop but of <laughs> Elon Musk yeah. getting hammered by the Israeli lobby in the U.S. Yeah. to like uh, because anti-Semitism is rife on uh, social right. on, on Twitter. But it's but it's rife on both. It isn't like hate rife rife on both sides of the of the argument. I think from Elon Musk's perspective. He's saying that if you're only going to focus on like the extreme fucking conspiracy Twitter handles, yeah. and every time someone tweets, you're going to like yeah, complain to me about it. So it's a cesspool. It's like it's it's hard to control this shit. Yes. Yeah. And so he was like kind of frustrated with right. the Israeli lobby. Gotcha. And then this came up and he probably was pissed off and he said, I mean, it's the actual truth. Uh, and then shit hit the fan. Yeah. And now he's like but, but, suing. Yeah, uh, the, the lobby. Israeli lobby Jesus. for saying that uh, Elon Musk and Twitter are purposely doing uh, are like being anti-Semitic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I gotcha. and he's saying that they're defaming me because, dude, maybe this conflict will start World War Three because I didn't think it would envelop the world like this so dramatically. Everyone has fucking like it's like I didn't think it'd have such a profound effect in America and Australia. It's just like oh my god. Dude, it's it's out of their control now. Governments can't seem to control social media. Social, social media, media will is end just the world. A beast of its own because it is it amplifies. There's no common ground. Social media doesn't reward that. It rewards fighting and and argument. And it's, so it's just. It's, I think it will be the downfall. But it also makes sure that governments can't control the narrative, which is good. But when you, 
I would say it it radicalizes people it both sides. It definitely does. It, it does. Definitely does. There's so positives and negatives to it, but like yeah. 20, 30 years ago, if this Israel-Palestine war had happened, no one would even talk about no it. No one would even like because the media would be so controlled in Australia, yes, dude. Yes, yes. The ABC gets like its fucking uh, 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 talking like, points from the government. Yeah, the the fucking intelligence community. Yes, yeah. And so, yes. like, they'll be told exactly what to say. That's true. That's and true. so there'd be That's people true. dying overseas. Yes. And we would, like, not even have a clue. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe people that have relatives over there that might That's have true. spoken to them, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point have an idea. I mean... But, like, now everyone I mean, knows... I was watching Chomsky, and he was even saying that, like, there was a, apparently a peace deal put on the, on the, on the cards between Ukraine and Russia... Now that everyone's fucking forgot about that, but like Ukraine and Russia, there was a peace deal on the on the cards, and both parties were it was looking to come to a peace deal. And apparently, Chomsky was saying England said no, you can't make peace with Russia. Did and you know what's crazy about that? What U.S. generals yeah. were telling the White House yeah. to go for a peace because there was yeah. this, I can't remember his name, but there's this like mean looking u.s general this bold dude who looks like he you know <laughs> he eats baby he eats babies but he had like <laughs> he had like he had such a good point he was like right after around 2022 <laughs> yeah. 2022 there was a brief period mm. where russia was actually losing right. uh from ukraine yes, yes. and there were certain key points that were captured by ukraine yeah and his argument was this general yeah he was saying, and this was while Ukraine was negotiating with Russia, mm -hmm. and uh, he was saying that, look, this is the high point of this war. You should actually come up with a resolution right now, because if we continue with this war, the tables are gonna, uh, the the, yeah. the pendulum is gonna yeah. swing the yeah. other way. Yes, and once it swings the other way. A settlement that favors Ukraine is going to be really hard and to achieve. And the general was saying that. The general was saying that, fuck. and the White House told him, mm, "Nah, fuck you." So Zelensky, Zelensky comes to England and the U.S. The White House and like you know, uh, uh, the, uh, the the clowns in Downing Street, and says, "What do we do?" And both the U.S. and England tell, "Don't sign. We've got this. We've got this. We're gonna beat them." And now, for all those people that you know, like we're criticizing me throughout 2022 when I was talking about this exact issue, saying mm. like, "Look." Mm. Just because you're winning right now mm. doesn't mean you're always going to win. You should try and go for a ceasefire. Talk this shit out. Trump yes. had actually such better policy towards this. He was saying, Trump, like, yeah. I would get Putin and I would get room. Zelensky in a in room. A room yeah. And I'd say, we need to stop. Need people. This is bad. This dying. is very bad. We can't this do this. Bad. We can't that's have what, you fighting. That's what Biden should have also done. Because yes. now it's not even, man. Russia is definitely in a superior position yeah, now. Yeah. Some people will still argue against it, even now. And those people don't live in Ukraine. See, this is the thing, right? This is what Chomsky was saying. And what Chomsky said was, this wasn't, this information wasn't even reported in the mainstream news across the world because uh, they weren't they weren't allowed to report it because the news only wants to report on negative things. They want, to, they want bad things. Bro, they don't want good things. we reported it. We talked about this throughout all of those Damn. videos. I go didn't even know that. I didn't know go that. Go back to 2022. I didn't even know that. Go back to the podcast where Ukraine was actually winning and listen to what this podcast was saying. We were saying that. And yes, you're right. It wasn't being reported because obviously it was, man, the White House and the Americans and British. They want the war. They've just used Ukraine. Yeah. 
they've dangled it first they used it by like doing this like nato, NATO bullshit yeah i agree i agree with that war, yes. and then when there was a re when there were negotiations and yeah. both parties were sitting down yeah they convinced ukraine to keep going with the war and yeah. not come up yeah. with a resolution and by the way anyone that says oh the nato argument is a cop out imagine if china was providing mexico with weapons arming them against the united states you don't even have to think about it it happened the cuban missile crisis was that u.s yes. was uh arming cuba with nuclear missiles and you know what happened well, nearly that world was war three. a red line nearly world war three it's the closest we've ever come closest to, we've to ever the been end. To a nuclear, because to the end of the world, the yeah. Americans were like, "Absolutely not. This exactly. is all, we're like, we'll yes. we'll kill we'll, you and die in the process yes. if we have to. Yes, but you're not putting yes. fucking nukes yeah. in our backyard. And it's and it's. I'm sorry, but it's the same. Forget about nationality on, on geopolitical lines. It's the same situation. Yeah, and it's like just. And it's, and but but but, it's but tragic. But, but my point, what what Chomsky's point was, was like. To go back to what you said about social media versus the mainstream media, it is a good thing because if it was just the mainstream media, you know, the mainstream media doesn't report the. I didn't even know about that. Um, I had no idea about that. So obviously, having diverse opinions in media and social media in that respect is really good. But in the same respect, you get misinformation. Something even more fucked. Yeah. Let's forget. Let's go back. All the way back to when Angela Merkel was in power in Germany. Yeah. Uh, Nicolas Sarkozy was in power in France. And some guy who I can't remember the name of was in power in Ukraine. Mm. Way before the Ukraine war. This is when NATO was saying that we want to include, include Ukraine. They just started saying this. Yeah. Uh, this is like around 2010 onwards, somewhere around that. I'm right. getting my dates That's a all bit right. mixed up. That's all but right. there was negotiations between Putin, Merkel... Sarkozy and the Ukrainian guy yep. to come up with a resolution mm -hmm. over this whole thing of NATO yep. and precursor to the Ukraine war. Because Ukraine wanted to join NATO independently, didn't they? Well, part of them did and part of them did, right, which right, is why right. the, in 2014 there was like this uh, civil war in Ukraine as oh, well. Oh, okay. And so this was just a precursor to this. Yeah. So all of them are talking to Putin. Putin, and we know this now because all, uh, all of these leaders have commented on this and said exactly what I'm about to say. They were negotiating a way to come out of this. Later on, we find out, which Sarkozy and Merkel have both admitted to, that we were only using those negotiations as a pretext to arm Ukraine to eventually fight the war. They weren't interested in a resolution. Putin, on the other hand, was. And Putin, Fuck. later on, when he waged war against oh, Ukraine, God. said that, how am I able to trust you when Shit. you did exactly this? You negotiated with me. I tried to convince everyone in Russia that we can come up with this, this a resolution. Is that true? It's true. Merkel wow. admitted this. It's on record now. Fuck. And they only used that time to basically rearm themselves and rearm Ukraine to eventually fight with Russia. <sighs> Which is why when the American ambassador says, the American ambassador to Russia once said, I remember reading this, he once said that he spoke with Putin and he said, the, verbatim, he said, you don't need to be afraid of Ukraine being part of NATO because US is a benign hegemonic power. We don't want wars. And Putin said, I don't believe you. <laughs> and then he was saying, I wonder why he didn't believe me. He's like, 
Why would he believe uh, you when you're would, constantly yeah. fucking with him like that? If you go into negotiations with the man and later on openly admit yeah. that you only went into those negotiations to buy yourself time and you weren't uh, earnest about it, yeah. why would he ever fucking believe you? I didn't even know that. That is mental. It's ridiculous, but and like it is I think it, it is. does that show that the everyone's military industrial complex calls the shots. Com complex calls the shots because. Yeah. You know, some might say, oh, the best defense is an offense. Some people say, no, no, no. The only way to prevent uh, wars is to attack first. And it's like, no, that's just not, it's way more risky to, 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 to you know, it's way more risky risking actual war and into, you know, like you're, they're in a war. It doesn't make sense. It's like being like, just keep punching someone till they die to save their life. It doesn't make sense. Man, and and, and I'm not, dude. I don't, and I don't, you know, it. I don't fucking love. I don't like Putin. We don't love Putin. Fuck, dude. Like we're Russia, just, Russia is like it's a, it's a, what, what, are we, what? I don't know. Oligarchy. It's a, it's basically, it's, it's, it's not a. I'm very glad I don't live under Putin and I'm not Russian. And I can imagine that it would be fucking hard, and it, it would be brutal. But like, you can't, <laughs> you can't. America can't dictate who runs certain countries. You can't just say, I don't like Putin, so we're going to take him out. It's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to have, so people, countries have to have some sovereignty like, unless they unless they threaten you first. You know what a policy wonk would respond to that by saying? Yeah, tell me. But we can try. And might end the world in the process. You know what I mean? Okay, it's crazy. Yeah, like this, okay. Coming I mean, if the like general said, if that general said, take this deal... There should be no like second guessing. Like it's 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 crazy that we're at a point now in the world where it seems like the leaders of the military industrial complex are the most sensible ones. Mm. It was the same with Man Monus. No, not Man Monus. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Jesus, what am I talking about? Uh, what was his name? Mad Dog Mad Maddock oh, or whatever. Mad Dog Madison. Madison. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I don't know why I said the. Yeah, that guy during Trump's presidency and he was had some pretty inflammatory rhetoric you know in terms of war like he was saying well carpet bomb uh afghanistan and stuff but correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure during his during trump's uh presidency while he was in charge he was de-escalating and saying yeah, actually turned out mad dog contrary to his name was actually <laughs> a very reasonable general. yeah Dude, a lot of U.S. generals are reasonable. Oh, but, but like, it, that's like it's the it's the fucking CIA and sometimes actually White often House. the White House, the White House that is up to this fuckery. It just makes me feel like Biden is another cookie cutter in terms of international. I'm not talking about domestic policy. In terms of international policy, it seems like Biden is just another cookie cutter Democrat that wants like war by numbers and has this like 1990s perspective of like we're gonna we're gonna get freedom there, Jack, and it's like. Dude, Trump has better international policy than you. Dude, Biden has lost it, man. Biden like looked at a six-year-old girl and said, "Are you 17?" <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That also happened. Are you serious? He's gone mental. The only thing I that, know Jordan's that, a big advocate of Biden, and I think he's done really funny, well for like the Green Revolution. But like, dude, I did I did see a funny clip of Joe Biden, which was like he was like he was doing some speech, yeah. and in the audience, someone fell, yeah. and then he stops. He's like, "Are you okay?" Let the press know that wasn't me. 
I mean, that is hilarious. <laughs> that that's is fine. At least he's got some, like, yeah. So he's got, he still has a few more brain cells. Yeah, that's dude, good. But like, he's like, he's just being. Uh, Biden is just being maneuvered by the people around him. Yeah. He's like I, Weekend at Bernie's or whatever that <laughs> fucking movie was, you know? I just look, yeah. And it, but in terms of those points we're making, I feel like. You know, and England can still hold on to, think it can hold on to the glory days. And I'm like, you know, I, I love the West. West is the best. I love it. But Russia, this is not, you know, uh, Stalin's, uh, sorry, this isn't like, uh, Boris Yeltsin isn't in charge. Russia is like the second world power and you can't treat Russia I, I think it's wrong to bully any country and install dictators and fucking kill their people. I think it's fucking abhorrent. But you, but, but you can't treat Russia like fucking the Congo or something. Yeah. You can't do that. It's like, it's, it's, it's actually insanity because it's like they have a little bit less nukes than America. Like what, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, but the Americans think that, well, actually we can. That, but it's just, uh, maybe. But, but you know, because the risk isn't on them. It's not them that die. It's the Ukrainians that die. Yes, it's not Once on them. The Ukrainians are that are like, I guess we couldn't. Miss Love was right. But this is the crazy thing. Like, if you ignore Trump's domestic policy, he's like a good president yeah. internationally. In many ways, so it's his like foreign policy is far superior. So, than like, what? Biden. Like, what is going or on? Or even here? Obama's. But what is? Yeah, I mean, that's a crazy statement. But like, what is going on here? It's like you get to choose Biden, who's domestically and is gonna. Let's for, let's say for for what I've heard, sake, save the world in terms of energy, green revolution, all that kind of stuff. But then tries to kill, like fuck the world with nukes. And then you've got Trump, not that he's anti-nuclear, but like he'll destroy the world with his energy policy, but potentially will save it because he's just like, I like, uh, I've met Putin, he's an HK. It's like, that's the right attitude. Honestly, it is the right attitude. And Chomsky even, even said him that. like meeting Kim Jong Un, huge historic moment, dude. All imagine? it just took the pressure off. It's like, <laughs> the pressure valve is off. And you dude, have like, to meet. You people. have to like give him some credit. I've seen like his video where he's literally just you know Shaking he's like his at the DMZ zone and he yeah. walks by himself on the it's North. Badass man, and they had a good time. Can you imagine Biden was like, <laughs> no. yeah, I'll just go to North Korea by <laughs> myself. Never. He in some in many ways Biden is still stuck in the nineties. He's still stuck in the fifties. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's weird. It's very weird. And it's I don't know. I wanna say like what do you see happening? What's the solution? But it's almost too depressing, you know? It's like, dude, like I don't know. Uh, the uh, like the thing that's scariest to me is that that wasn't reported in the news. Uh yeah, I mean it was. The, the, you no, might have missed it. Maybe I missed it, but yeah, Chomsky yeah. was saying it wasn't. What wasn't? That there the, was the Russia Ukraine peace no, 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 deal. What was what was reported in the news was that there's negotiations happening. Okay. And while those negotiations were happening, I was constantly there's so much fucking I was constantly saying like this needs to be like this needs to work out and both US and England should uh, UK should really try and get this to actually happen. Whereas, which we didn't know at the time what was happening behind the scenes. And we were saying, like, Ukrainians should accept some kind of a deal and end this war yeah. before it gets bad. Yeah. What we now know is that <laughs> it was the opposite, where, like, the U.S. and yes, White right. House and the U.K. were saying, don't, don't accept this. Yeah. Do, do not accept this. We're going to win this. We're going to take over all of Ukraine. Because, obviously, if they had accepted a deal, they would have to give up part of uh, Ukraine. Uh, part of Ukraine. Yeah, but yeah. most importantly... 
they would have to establish Ukraine as a neutral state, which is what uh, Putin was arguing. So it can't be part of the NATO. <sighs> it can't be part of EU. That's essentially what it was. Yes. And the generals were saying that in the current situation with our superiority at the moment, we might be able to get a favorable deal if we accept this. Yeah. Where Ukraine will be able to keep a lot of its... Um, even areas that you, you, uh, Russia had occupied at the time, if Ukraine pledges neutrality, I think Russia would be able, willing to give some of those things, some of those areas up. Yeah, and also there's a lot of people in Ukraine that would be happy with that. Yeah, certainly the Russian uh, Ukrainians would be happy by that. Maybe not, and it's like it's it's tragic, man. It's like yeah, you would want a country to be able to decide if it wants to be part of Ukraine or if it wants to be part of EU or if it wants to be part of NATO. But in the real world, that's not how it happened. But the thing is, look at a map. Uh, now the only countries that are left to join NATO is fucking Mongolia and Russia itself. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know, man. Like U Ukraine is not Europe, and like I, I don't see, I don't see it as Europe. And, and even if they, you know. Is Mongolia fucking Europe? No. Is is like is, is, like? Hey, you know what is Europe? What Israel? Uh, Israel plays the Euro Cup. They somehow oh, lobby really? to be included in <laughs> Europe. Well, I mean, look. The thing is, Israel. You know, yeah, they are basically Europe. Not not where they are, but genetically they are. Oh, don't say that, dude. That's considered to be anti-Semitic as well. Really? Okay, I'm it's not a saying. Very look, very touchy. Here's the thing. thing. Here's the thing. Obviously the Jewish people have a uh, genetic connection to the area. Just don't, don't, don't use those two words together, genetic and Jews. Just trust me, you don't want to <laughs> okay, do Okay, sure. I don't think it's contentious to say that, the, okay, fine, whatever. But I, like, you know, they have, the, the, Israel would say they have roots in Europe. They wouldn't be like, no, of yeah, course yeah, they do. Yeah, they feel yeah. European as well. Um, yeah, look, uh, there's no point in adding, uh, we shouldn't talk about Israel-Palestine We're out of more. time anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. End on that. On that note, on but the, uh, yeah, damn, one segment, but it was mad. Yeah, one segment. Uh, no, Napoleon, Elon Musk, and no, Russia. It, you're right, that's not one segment, but it was Three very segments. geopolitical. Very geopolitical. Uh, Anyways, thanks for those of you that are watching live. Thanks for joining. Uh, almost 500 of you. We really appreciate you. Jordan yeah. obviously wasn't here because he's not feeling too well. He's he's here. He's sleeping in the room. He's right literally now. asleep asleep in, in a room. room right now. He's sick, so he couldn't so make it. So we didn't want to get sick, and also we should probably give him a bit of a rest if he's sick, anyways. Yeah. So thank you for uh, watching, and uh, we'll see you guys next week with the full crew. And also, sign up to the Patreon if you want extra juicy. Do we want to give a sneak of what's happening in next episode, or should we keep it up on wraps? We'll just say all we'll say is we have some guests. We have some guests next episode. Uh, we'll say some old school friends of ours. That's all we'll say. Who are also famous. Who are also famous. So uh, make sure you watch that podcast because it's going to be very sticky. Very sticky. And sign up to the Up Late for the real news. Thanks, everyone. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.